0: Welcome back to the Blanket Coverage Podcast. It's me, Jack Wallace, back here again. And we have our guest, Gabe, here once again. Always a pleasure to have you on. We know Noah is usually pretty busy this kind of Sunday time, so we're trying to get in what we can, get in some quality episode time in, and we'll look to have a great time doing it. Thank you for having me, Jack. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, now we're just going to dive straight in to our NFL Week 7 recap. We're coming up into Week uh, 8, actually, right now. Um, or Well, not right now, but coming up in about an hour. Uh, and we're going to start things off with uh, Panthers-Falcons, Dolphins-Bills, Niners-Bears. A lot of fun games coming up for that 1 o'clock slate. Then we got a couple at 4.05, a couple at 4.25 and then our regular Sunday night and Monday night football upcoming. So once again, we won't go through all of our picks. We will have one lock of the week, though, uh, just like we did last week. So we'll get right to it. But we'll start things off on week seven, and we're going to look at what we had as the game of the week. Now, there were a good amount of games to choose right here, and I think mainly because a lot of games were sort of close but – not really great football. There were kind of a lot of funny games here. So I went with one that was probably the most surprising of results. And that was Kansas city up against Tennessee. And now we usually don't do 1 PM slated games as game of the week. Cause usually they aren't the game of the week, but this one was pretty shocking. Uh, Patrick Mahomes looked absolutely horrible. Now he did get injured in this game to be fair, but he was pretty God awful in this game. Uh, Twenty for 35, 206 yards and a pick. Again, I know he got injured, but six carries for 35 yards, led all rushers. And Derrick Henry has actually held a little more in check, at least what he usually does with 86 yards and no scores, but he had a passing touchdown on a little bit of the, um, it reminds me of the old Florida Gators play with Tim Tebow, where it was uh, leaping over and uh, passing it over the goal line with the running back. So it's, it's, it was a little bit of insanity, but Tennessee won 27 to three. And I don't know what the stat is of the last time uh, the Chiefs scored that few points, but um I'll try to find this, but go ahead and um, – oh, actually, here you go. Sorry. 38-3 to loss to Denver in 2012 was the last time that Kansas City's lost this uh, or had this few points in a game. Uh, the It was the first time Mahomes had trailed by 27 at halftime ever, third largest uh, halftime deficit for the Chiefs since 1991, worse since the Chiefs trailed Pittsburgh 29-0 to in 2016, and only the eighth time ever that the Chiefs had trailed more by 27 or more at half. So safe to say it was a pretty rough day.
1: Sure was. It is certainly shaping up to be a strange AFC year, I think. Especially, I think this game really showed it. This probably the favorite overall in the AFC has just been terrible in the Chiefs. They consistently lack any rushing attack. Their defense is constantly being exposed. Some of the things that we saw in the preseason, and a lot of people said that, like, while they do have a good offense, they're going to have problems with that with that defensive attack except for Matthew but just consistently being shown in there the problem is obviously their offense just isn't showing up to counter that 27 points isn't terrible it's honestly typically what this Chiefs offense gives out to solid offenses but three points only for Patrick Holmes and everybody like it it was garbage time points it was a really late field goal yeah and really yeah so really he like essentially done for him he has, mo- he has, still has most of his. I mean, he's obviously missing Edwards-Hilaire in their rushing attack, which they don't have a rushing attack without him, basically. But they're basically just having a lot of their um, small
0: problems
1: exposed, and the AFC is
0: completely a mess. <laughs> uh, I mean, and, and the most shocking stat of this, before we move on, is the fact that the Chiefs have had seventeen turnovers in seven games. They had 16 in 2020, the whole year, 16. And through seven games, we're not even halfway done yet. <laughs> we're not even halfway. And the Chiefs still have somehow surpassed their turnover counts. Six straight games with an interception for Mahomes, longest stretch of his entire career. He had 11 picks through 2019 and 2020 combined, and he has nine in seven games. Putting Unbelievable.
1: Up James Putting up Jameis Winston
0: numbers there. And he's got two fumbles, too. He had a fumble late in the first half. He's 11 turnovers in the whole season. I mean, a shocking, shocking year so far for the uh, Super Bowl runner-ups from last season. And I don't think it's – I hate having these takes where it's like if it's over or not or if it's – I'm not going to say that. But I, I don't think that this team is even anywhere close to playoff time If you talk about right now. I mean, I'd love to see – I'm actually looking at the stats right now of um, their odds to make the playoffs right now. It's still 43% chance to make the playoffs for the chiefs, um, which I think is a little bit of a stretch, but I I just, with the way the AFC West is shaping up, I think that's going to be difficult, especially with how the chargers have been looking, but, um, but we can now move on to our next game. And we're again, like we always do, we'll be going in chronological order. So we'll start off here with Denver versus Cleveland. Now, this game was a fairly uh, interesting Thursday night football game. I know we've complained a lot about Thursday night football games being pretty weak. Uh, I know we won't be saying that about this week's Thursday night games. So we're actually two Thursday nights behind, but um, this was Cleveland versus Denver in Cleveland, and everybody said it's the Case Keenum game. It's the tight. It's the tackles off the um off the starting lineup for the Browns. Like, oh look at them. They're gonna fall apart. But they forgot that the Broncos aren't very good at the whole football thing, and Cleveland was still able to pull out a win here, even with Case Keenum. But the real hero of this game was the Ernest Johnson, who started in place of both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb being out, and he performed spectacularly. 22 carries, 146 yards, and a touchdown. His first score was only four minutes into the game. Uh, Really, really spectacular performance from this guy who, I I mean – came out of nowhere and his story is really incredible if you haven't looked it up please do but this is clearly a big wig win for Cleveland even though again it's against Denver at home shouldn't be too difficult but they lost two in a row against a pretty good Chargers team and a pretty good Cardinals team and got blown out actually by the Cardinals too so this was a win they needed to have and who do they play today Steelers so yeah this Broncos win I think is going to be a big deal coming late in there in the season.
1: Yeah, they were honestly, well, they kind of, at the beginning, they played some, let's say, light opponents. Uh, really, I think it was Giants, Jets were a few of them, so definitely an easier schedule, but they're kind of showing now that they have a lot of problems with many aspects. Still lack a rush, a strong rushing attack. They have Cortland Sutton, but and Teddy, Teddy B has been a little weaker, but I really... I don't know if it's gonna. they're going to be competing as much as people thought that they would. No, on the Browns side, I think uh, they are getting back Mayfield and Chubb for today, so you might not see as much of Johnson as you did in the previous game, but I still think he's going to be a solid backup, and they're probably going to use him a good amount today. Oh,
0: he's, he's earned a lot more of that spot, clearly. He's earned a lot more play, um, but it's been exciting to see him really be able to break out. We always love those kind of backup guys getting able to break out some games. Next up, we have Atlanta versus Miami in a game that left me quite happy because the Falcons are finally winning again. Oh, my God. I must be dreaming. But um, the Falcons actually pulled out a pretty solid win. Now, I know I know that the Dolphins and the Jets are not great litmus tests for if a team is very good. Those are the last two teams the Falcons beat. But also one was in London and one was on the road. So it, that at least counts for something. So um, – it's pretty exciting. And the funniest thing about this is actually that the headline from ESPN with the Falcons winning this game has nothing to do with the Falcons. It's all about the Braves (laughs) because it's all about like Matt Ryan waking up, um, sleeping through game six of the NLCS when the Braves beat the Dodgers to go to the world series. And we didn't, and the Falcons players were fast asleep after this game. But, um, uh, but yeah, sleeping is definitely what both of these defenses were doing. 30 to 28 was your final score, especially in the fourth quarter where, um, Tua actually did play pretty well. I will give Tua credit here. He did have two bad picks, but he had four touchdowns and almost 300 yards, wow. and I get the Falcons' defense is not great, right. but Tua did actually look pretty good in this game. Mike Gesicki was fantastic on national tight End's Day was this uh, last weekend, which showed off. But l Patterson still got back in the end zone. Kyle Pitts is breaking out as one of the top young tight ends, I think, is really showing. 163 yards breaks the all-time Falcons' tight end rookie record for yards in a game, so which I know isn't a lot, but still. Um, but, yeah, this was a really significant, important game. Uh, Atlanta was able to go down the field and get a 36-yard field goal by Young-Way-Goo to, to win the game at the buzzer, despite back-to-back touchdowns from the Dolphins to get themselves back into the lead by one. But, yeah, this was a game I genuinely thought was impressive by the Falcons to come out and win. This was a, I mean, you don't really see it often, but a comeback win for Atlanta, a fourth-quarter drive driving down the field and Matt Ryan showing off, which that isn't, I think, that rare, but Matt Ryan had a pretty good outing himself. And, you know, the Falcons, I wouldn't say are a dangerous team, but I think they're very far away from being a really bad team. I mean, these last two wins in a row are close, but they look good. But who do you have the next two weeks or three weeks, really? Panthers, Saints, Cowboys, and the Saints and Cowboys are on the road. So if you're the Falcons and you can take even two in that three-game stretch, I think this team could actually surprise some people.
1: I think it has a good chance. I mean, they certainly have a difficult, more difficult schedule as on uh, the second half. But also, I'd like to talk about this what is going on in Miami? And they it's are sad. currently, second, I believe, second worst it, record in the NFL. Showed like everybody last year, they had a solid season. They almost made it. Uh, and people were looking, looking up. Maybe Tua could. Bring this sort of playoff stretch to them. They have some solid players, but that well, something just happened to the defense. They are not playing at even close to the same level that they are this year. But it was also an interesting storyline on National Tight Ends Day that the two highest receivers for each team, respectively, were tight ends. And it is, I think, it is important for Kyle Pitts to kind of show now show up. He was the first uh, non QB drafted. Uh, in the 2021 NFL Draft, and I think you really just gotta uh, perform well. If you have you have a lot of pressure on you to perform, kind of looked shaky in those first few games, but now he's really started to get his the confidence. Yeah, his yeah, confidence, the confidence. Has, now is getting that confi- has that confidence and has that chemistry as well with Matt Ryan, and I think that's important because he really
0: establishes that chemistry well with certain players, and it's starting to show. And uh, one last note on this game for anyone that's uh, tuning in live for some fantasy stuff. Uh, Calvin Ridley is confirmed to be out for this game for another personal matter. Um, he ended up getting 10 targets, led the team in targets last week. So look for Kyle Pitts to have another big day. Russell Gage could get you some pretty good numbers. He actually did really well last week, 67 yards and a score. Um, and also for uh Cordero Patterson could end up getting some more of those targets too. I know he was getting some big numbers with Ridley out. So um And you can then see his numbers weren't bad at all. He still had a good week. He mean, 60 yards and touchdown. I mean, he he still had a good week. But I think those, especially the receiving numbers for Patterson, can get up. He actually had five uh, targets, only two receptions for one yard. So passing was pretty weak for him in that game. But I could see him bouncing back against the Panthers team that's been slowly disappointing more and more every week. But now we have Washington and Green Bay up next. And now these are a couple of teams that have been on a pretty weird streak so far this year. We've talked about the Packers before, how they were a team that had a really, really bad opening, but has looked really good since. And we actually can kind of segue into that later in the podcast. We mentioned the just, or actually, we can just go ahead and say now. We won't get into the full game recap because It's technically we um. What would that be then week, week eight? Uh, but yeah, the Packers would win again against the, the Cardinals on the road to go to seven and one, but at least this game was when they went to six and one against Washington, who has been miserable, kind of out of nowhere, at least defensively, no one really expected this team to be miserable, but uh, it's been pretty bad on defense for Washington, but Aaron Rodgers was magical in this game as usual, 274 yards, three touchdowns and zero picks. Um, Terry McLaurin also had a great game and Devontae Adams actually got injured in this game and up getting a touchdown uh, was not in for the Arizona game. But um, this was a pretty impressive game for Green Bay. And I get that Washington's not really the best team, but they came out and really, really shut them down. Um, the Green Bay's defense had, had a lot of red zone problems this year, and they fixed a lot of those in this game. This was this needed to be a very clean, very solid win for Green Bay, and it was.
1: It certainly was. And I think Well, we are wrapping up Week 7, I think it is important, obviously, to mention – Okay, it has happened at this point. Uh, we saw what happened on Thursday. This Green Bay team, after kind of people weren't sure about them with all the offseason controversy, with all the problems that was going on with Aaron Rodgers, the possibility of this being his last season in Green Bay in that terrible week one loss against the Saints, they've really come out and just taken over the NFL. Best record, current number, best record overall, Aaron Rodgers is continuing to perform, has a chance of coming Almost a comeback, like another possible back-to-back MVPs. No, they don't do that often, but there's a possibility with that. And on the other side of it, Washington has just once again, similar to Miami, had a strong defense coming in. Maybe people thought that with Taylor Heine, uh, they could. Kind of impressed, but really, just Gib- Gibson has not really been performing that well. Terry has been kind of
0: iffy. Terry, Terry, he was really he good, was good this week though. I mean, seven, seven for one twenty-two in a score. Terry was really good this week.
1: Yeah, he's been solid the last two games, but he's just uh, overall. Their, but the biggest thing is their defense. Obviously, not really, not really showing up on that def- That secondary is being continuously just attacked and not performing well. And well. You're kind of seeing kind of the once again the holes of it, and my you might see a roundup. Defense is always kind of, especially theirs. They took a while to really get into that really solid defensive strategy, but they're gonna need to do it soon
0: enough because well, the Cowboys are looking pretty good this year. Very true. The uh, next up, we can move on to the New York Jets against. The New England Patriots, and we will not really need to spend very long on this game because, frankly, it taught us nothing because we already knew about this. But um, actually, it's not true. It did teach us one thing. And it taught us that the New England Patriots do, in fact, have an effective offense when they uh, want to have an effective offense because the first few games this season were pretty nothing. 16 points in a loss to the Dolphins, 25 in a win at the Jets, which is okay. But then 13 against the Saints, 17 against the Bucks, only 25 against the Texans, which, yes, I will knock them for only 25 against the Texans. 29 against the Cowboys which is getting better but then 54 against the Jets dear God and we know that the Jets are a terrible football team but whoa this is pretty shocking uh New England absolutely rips to shreds the New York Jets scoring 20 points in the fourth quarter which was honestly unnecessary but just kind of funny to watch but this this was a really, really ugly game. Um, again, nobody thought that the Jets were going to win this game. It was very evident. I mean, they had three turnovers and didn't even get uh, 300 yards while the Patriots got 551, um, which is pretty ridiculous given the fact they also did not score a defensive touchdown and still scored 54. Um, so defense was great, but didn't even score on them. So, uh, yeah, Damien Harris was fantastic in this game, 160 yards and two uh, touchdowns. Uh, Marvin Jones – Oh, sorry, Mac Jones. I'm thinking a friend was asking about Marvin Jones' fantasy. Uh, Mac Jones was really, really good in this game. He's shaping up to be probably the best rookie quarterback. I think that's pretty solid take right there. That Mac Jones, of all people, uh, is probably the best rookie quarterback. Which I'm going to give a lot of that credit to Bill Belichick and the front office of New England for making sure to find him there. But again, I don't think this is that insane of a, of a thing to see preseason either. I mean, I'm not necessarily that I predicted this, but. I think Mac Jones, if you put him in a system like that with coaching like that and with some options, again, he doesn't have great options, he's not really going to win a lot, but he can show off and look good doing it because we know this Patriots defense has um, not been excessively solid this year. And again, they've had kind of a rocky schedule. But I think Mac Jones is really shaping up to be a very solid player. And that's just showing week in and week out. And even looking at his overall stats, I mean, he has got 1,700 yards, nine touchdowns, six picks, and a 53.6 quarterback rating, which isn't really great stats. But his yardage is 10th in the league for a rookie. He also, in his nine touchdowns, are 20th, which is not particularly great, but not really that awful. Six picks, has tied for 23rd, and then his QBR is 18th, which, again, 18th is nothing stellar. But if you, again, see the fact that he is on the um, – on the Patriots with what little he has to work with. And the fact that he's a rookie 18th QBR really ain't that bad. So the fact that he's projected to get over 4,000 yards as a rookie is pretty impressive. And I think he may get there. I think he could. And I think, yeah, I think what you mentioned that it is part of the
1: system that he probably is of all the rookie uh, quarterbacks to have been drafted this year. He's probably put into the best system. I would even put them, maybe the 49ers, but he's really shown off like, and but this Jets team is just terrible. I mean, 54 points, the most – I believe the most of any side in the NFL this year. Surprising, oh, yeah. Yeah, surprising from a Patriots team that really doesn't have a lot of stellar – I mean, they made some big plays in the offseason, but have Kendrick Bourne uh, throw for a touchdown against you. Four rushing TDs from Damian Harris and J.J. Taylor. That's just – the Jets that's just, yeah. They Zach Wilson also got injured and had to be placed or Mike White, he's apparently still in the NFL. <laughs> um, he's apparently a player, very. Uh, so, I mean, honestly, even if you, you Google Mike White and he's not the first Mike White to show up, uh, that just <laughs> tells you a lot about it. It's just continuing to be very disappointing. But for the Patriots, they're. Starting to look a little bit up, kind of had a bit of a rocky start. Mac Jones adjusting to the system, but it seems like he has probably need to also test him against actual stronger defenses. But I think that it's up, it's going up for the Patriots.
0: They are looking better indeed. And now we can move on to the Carolina Panthers against the New York Giants when we have a week of redemption. The Giants look like a competent football team again, and the Panthers look really, really bad. Uh, the Panthers fell apart uh, really heavily in this game. I, I Right now, I, I actually was starting Panthers defense against the Falcons, but I quickly made that change realizing they gave up 25 to the Giants. And I think we both can agree that the Falcons offense is indeed better than the New York Giants, even without Ridley. And Ooh. so <laughs> I, I, it's – I would say that's a pretty clear <laughs> statement. So seeing the Panthers put up three against this Giants defense is frankly shocking. Uh, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Uh, but, yeah, this was an absolutely shockingly miserable game for the Panthers. They looked absolutely abhorrent. Sam Darnold was unbelievably bad. Uh, even Hubbard didn't really do anything. Book, uh, Booker for the Giants had a pretty decent day. Nothing too crazy but a solid day. And Danny Dimes actually showing up pretty nicely. Um, as well as Graham Gonneau knocking a bunch of field goals through to up the score. But yeah, this was a very impressive game for the Giants. Uh, we know the Panthers have, uh, I think everybody thought, when they beat the Jets, the Saints, and the Texans, I, I don't know if anybody thought this team was that legit going 3-0 at that schedule. I thought it was nice they went 3-0, and but then you have the Cowboys, the Eagles, Vikings, and Giants. And I'm sorry, but if you don't win two or more of those four games, you're not that good of a team. And they lost all of them. <laughs> So the Panthers are not good. They are fourth in the NFC South now. They play the Falcons this week, which will obviously determine a lot of that. Patriots and then at the Cardinals. So not exactly an easier stretch for them, too. And don't forget, their last four games this season, at the Bills, Bucks, at the Saints, at the Bucks. They're not winning those games. They're not winning any of those games. Now, this Panthers team is not very good. And I think we can basically seal up the fact the Panthers will once again have a losing season.
1: Yeah, I think you can assume assume that, especially with the continued absence of Christian McCaffrey. I mean, they partly will contribute some of the wins to that. I think their offense often revolves around him in the way that, especially how Sam Darnold operates. But if he's out, they just continue to lack. Just, like, don't have any real, seem to have offensive strategy. Only three points. I mean, this Giants defense, they do show up occasionally. They can show up, but, like, Sam Darnold, People thought he was, you know, kind of almost have a redemption angle from his future time with the Jets. But now he's sort of continuing to look more like that side than this new version that we saw in the first few weeks. And I think, unfortunately, it's going to continue.
0: And next up, we're going to go to Cincinnati against Baltimore. And I think that this is the most shocking game of the week. This is my pick for the most... What in the world is going on here? 41 to 17. The Bengals absolutely eviscerate this poor Baltimore team. And I don't even know what to do with this. I mean, Jamar Chase is performing like a wide receiver one, eight receptions for 201 yards and a touchdown. Joe Burrow had an amazing day with 400 yards and three scores. Uh, Jackson wasn't terrible from, from the air. But still had to get. Um, it really wasn't that bad. I mean, 257 yards of touchdown, 88 yards on the ground. Really wasn't a bad day from Lamar. It's just this defense. This Baltimore defense could do absolutely nothing. Four straight touchdowns from the Bengals, and from 11 minutes to go in the third quarter to the end of the game, and just simply nothing from the Ravens. And the craziest thing is that every single one of those touchdowns outside the red zone, all of them. 32 yard pass, 82 yard pass, 21 yard run, 46 yard run. All of them outside the red zone and the Ravens are just addicted to giving up big plays. This is a really rough loss for the for the Ravens. And now again, I don't it's not because the Bengals aren't a good team. The Bengals actually are a pretty decent football team. They're 5 and 2 through 7 games and have looked legitimately dangerous. The only two games they lost was the Bears game that yeah, wasn't a great loss and the Packers, but both those games only by 3. And they beat down on the Lions last week, beat down on the Ravens this week. And who do they have as a Halloween treat? They have the Jets. So it looks like this should be another easy week for the Bengals.
1: Yeah, I I think so. And I think they will continue to hold that top spot in the AFC, which is a very surprising statement that you'd find going into week eight in this season. Really, Jamar Chase is you weren't sure about if you would see the continued sort of tandem between Joe Burrow and DeMar Chase that you saw at LSU while they were in college, but they have reunited and it feels so good. And he really, yeah, I think he's got, he's almost a lock for rookie of the year at this point. he, If he continues this stretch, it's undoubtable that he will be. But it was very strange to see the Ravens give up this amount of points, especially after their dominating win over the Chargers just a week before. I mean, they held Justin Herbert in check the entire time, probably as arguably as good of it could be or better than Joe Burrow. And then they just got blown up entirely by the Bengals, which... Wasn't something that a lot of people expected. You kind of expected it to be a close game. Wasn't sure which way it would go. Maybe the Ravens would hold on
0: because of them playing at home, but it was just an absolute thrasher. And next up, we're going to go to Vegas at Allegiant Field or Allegiant Stadium, I think, which is um, also known as the Death Star, where they hosted uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. And, yeah, that game ended up going, I think, as a lot of us uh, ended up expecting it to go. Um, which was quite in the direction of the Raiders. Now, this is a Raiders team that has been kind of up and down, but Basakia, the interim head coach, getting his second win. He's now 2-0 and with the Raiders, actually, after the uh, whole debacle with uh, John Gruden and his subsequent firing. But, yeah, kind of going well in Vegas, which I wouldn't have thought that, but it actually is. And now I get the Eagles are not exactly the best team in the world, but, this was still a Vegas team that had been struggling a lot and a Vegas team that didn't have Darren Waller in. And now they end up having a hugely, it was actually 30 to seven going to the fourth quarter. The Eagles somehow made this uh, into an 11 point game, but yeah, this was an incredibly impressive game uh, for the Vegas Raiders that I really did not see coming. Kenyon Drake with almost 70 yards and a touchdown actually is sort of blowing up for this team, which I wouldn't have thought. Uh, and then Moreau, Fabian Moreau again, t- tied in today, a uh, foster, a uh, foster, sorry, foster Moreau, uh, leading the day in receiving yards, and again, tight ends day. Dallas Goder leading the Eagles for them too. So a lot of tight end uh, performances that were really good this week. But yeah, this is a good win for Vegas. The Eagles really aren't that good. And uh, again, the Raiders at five and two. We have the um, the Bengals at five and two, and then I mean the Steelers are three and three. Cleveland four and three. Chiefs three and four. This is a weird year. <laughs> Very weird year. Oh,
1: it's, it's insane. It, you would not expect the Bengals and Raiders to be 1-2 in the AFC. Currently, you be both leading their respective divisions. I don't know what's going to happen with this. <laughs> and I think the Raiders team, I think with Kenyon Drake, he's a player who I honestly had picked for a poss- possibly kind of show because Jacobs has been iffy in these situations. But Drake, I remember when he got traded to Arizona, first few games, one of the – Best running backs in the entire NFL. If you have not picked Quick Fantasy Advice, if you not picked him up, get him. He's going to be good. I believe that. And I think it's I, it's nice to see this Raiders team perform well. You know, transition left Oakland, went to Vegas. You kind of, and then they had the continued controversy with Gruden. It's just nice to see them perform well. And they're one of my favorite, they're one of my favorite stories and teams. Of this year.
0: And next up, we're going to go down to the City of Angels with a Los Angeles Rams hosted the Detroit Lions. And what was sort of the, uh, I guess, rematch here for Matthew Stafford uh, coming back, facing off against Jared Goff of the Lions. These two guys, of course, switched teams and both teams ended up where we kind of thought they would, which is the Lions were exponentially worse, and the Rams have continued to improve. Uh, Detroit's loss sent them to 0-7, and, and the Rams put them up to 6-1. Now, nobody thought the Lions were going to win this game, but the Lions played pretty dang good in this game. They actually led at the uh, end of the third quarter. Again, I know they're 0-7, but this Lions team has lost a lot of very close games and really hasn't been that bad doing it, so I just I, – I do – Need to make sure to point that out. Really need to make sure to point that out, that um, that this really is a Lions team that really isn't that bad. They're not they're, they're not a horrible 0-7 team. I will make that statement. I get 0-7 is bad. I get that's really a tough argument I'm trying to make here, but I think this team really can win some games. I think they may win this week. And also, anytime you see the bet, for who's going to win the first quarter. Always bet against LA. This is a team that always comes out slow. They do not play the first quarter well. They do tend to improve and win, but they are not a good first quarter team.
1: They're really not at all and but you can always count on Matt Stafford to show up in that fourth quarter regardless of how he's performed. He really like but this Lions team, I think you have a good point about that. Lost a couple Really had a very close chances to win the most legendary field goal uh, you will probably ever see. Took away their one win over the the Ravens, and it's harsh to see. And a couple more of them, they have a chance maybe against not a strong Eagles team. I, yeah, they really they really should have at least one win by now, but they still don't. But this Rams team is just I looked a little rocky at parts and through most of this game where they were losing. This was, I think, I believe my lock last week, uh, and they, it was scaring me a little bit with that. But they, once again, just showed up. Cooper Cup is absolutely ridiculous, being one of the best, I think, almost the best wide receiver in the NFL this year. Best, uh, And this Rams team is looking really solid and has a chance to win the NFC.
0: No, they really do. They've, they've been fantastic. I think they were my they were my pick to reach the NFC uh, Championship game um, and nearly win it, I think, uh, preseason. So it uh, looks like that pick is aging well, which I thought it would. I mean, it's, it's a team that should be solid. Well, now we can move on to the Houston versus Arizona game, which was quite a uh, – not surprising result, if to say the least. So this was a game that I think was nearly one of the biggest locks of who would win. Um, We all know that Arizona is very good. We all know that Houston is very bad. That's all you can really say. 31 to five was your final score. Um, It actually started five, nothing with a safety, a rare safety. And then a Kaomi Fairburn field goal from 53 yards out. So Houston actually had a really good start um, five to nothing very early on. But then a D-hop touchdown, a Kristen Kirk, Christian Kirk touchdown, and a Matt Prater field goal, set it up at 17-5. to And then Zach Ertz's first touchdown in his first game uh, actually led all receivers. So once again, <laughs> tight end day. And then James Conner had a good touchdown to end it, so 31-5. Pretty solid win. Uh, we know the Cardinals ended up losing on Thursday night uh, to the Packers, which wasn't very good. But uh, I don't think anybody is really shocked by this. I don't think there's really a ton to add, to be honest. Also, it is a score me. There is that too. No one has ever finished thirty-one to five, so yay for that!
1: <laughs> yeah, five's not a common number. It was a very weird, weird start to uh, the game. Had a lot of weird starts in, uh, in these NFL games. A lot of low scoring overall across the board uh, among some teams that you thought might be higher uh, on that level. But I think it's just the Texans. You know, they came out are looking pretty strong. Kyler Taylor was looking good. Unfortunately, they did get injured, and now they have last week and this week probably two of the most difficult teams. You got Cardinals and then the Rams this week, and I think they're not going to pick up a. They're definitely not going to pick up a win, <laughs> not gonna pick up a win uh, at least this week. And then they have then they have the Dolphins. So, so that could be an opportunity to pick up.
0: Well, we have another game that is uh, a another <laughs> absolute collection of misery. And that is the Chicago Bears up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and this game we can spend two minutes on because it was thirty-eight to three. I mean, dear God, this game was not even remotely close. Tampa Bay was up twenty-one nothing at the end of the first quarter. This game was so over. Brady throws for four scores and is the first quarterback to ever throw for over six hundred career touchdown passes. Yay! Uh, Herbert gets over a hundred yards rushing for the Bears, so he was actually pretty good. But Fournette scores. Godwin scores and leads all receivers. So thank God Godwin finally had a decent fantasy day. Uh, Mike Evans gets three touchdowns. Uh, Cole Kmet leads the day for Chicago. So yet another tight end leading receivers on tight end day. We're like five or six guys now. Um, and Justin Fields looked pretty awful with 184 yards and three picks. So again, this is one of those games where you weren't really shocked here. Tampa Bay put in very little effort. The game was very, 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 very over at halftime. And you just sort of have to sit here and go, what did you learn? We knew the Bears weren't very good. We knew the Bucks were. This is a pretty clean and dry game.
1: Yeah, pretty easy. And so one of the things, though, about this Bears team is where is Allen Robinson? He is extremely underperformed, probably
0: one of the he most. was under- on. He was on my do not draft list, and I'm very happy I put him there. I put him squarely on that preseason, do not draft Allen Robinson, and that is aging wonderfully. Well, he was definitely not nowhere to be found in Hess game
1: and not really any of the other ones previously, which is unfortunate. Probably one of the most underperforming top wide receivers that coming into the season, especially just in this Bears team, they they got to make some changes if they want to perform at any level that they expected to. And Matt Nagy, you know, he's out this week and maybe that should stay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is just, a, uh, God, it's just miserable to talk with the Bears. Uh, next up, we have Sunday Night Football, which is always a fun time, but it wasn't fun for anyone who attended this game because the weather was absolutely pouring, pouring, pouring rain in San Francisco, or, well, I guess uh, Santa Clara, where the San Francisco 49ers lost to the Indianapolis Colts. I actually had the Niners winning this game. I was pretty surprised, but, yeah, the Colts, I still don't think are very good. Don't get that twisted, but... Um, San Francisco actually led here after the first quarter, 12 to seven and kind of an odd uh, beginning, but um, then the Colts kind of marched right back, took an eight point lead going into the fourth. Uh, Niners took it up to a two point deficit and then a field goal and a late touchdown sealed it up for the Colts. Niners actually had an opportunity late too, but could not pull it off Four turnovers for the Niners doomed them in this game. Um, But yeah, this was just sort of a sad day for that. Uh, Taylor again, had a good day on the ground. Elijah Mitchell, actually had um now now this is a weird thing so both jonathan taylor and Elijah mitchell both had 18 carries they both had 107 yards and they both had a touchdown exact same stat lines for both players which don't see that too often very strange
1: (laughs) yeah it certainly is but this is very this is a very strange game to watch i mean Kind of with the Colts, their wide receiver team is... I wouldn't say anybody's too special, but they have some solid players. But Michael Pittman Jr., really impressive this mm-hmm. game. Four receptions for 105 yards, averaging 26 in a touchdown. But this 49ers defense, after being one of the best defenses in the NFL a couple of years ago, is just... once It's once again that similar storyline of this year top defenses from the last couple of years are just not showing up at all. And I'm not really sure the reasoning was it. Maybe it was sort of the COVID era, but this was in San Francisco. Terrible weather, terrible weather. But it's certainly something Indianapolis uh, expects. But they just – they weren't terribly – the 49ers were not terribly offensively. offensively. I mean, Mitchell – Reform had rushed well. Debo Samuel had a good day. Just Jimmy G had those two picks that were key to the loss.
0: Well, but uh, some key news coming out of San Francisco, too, as of a couple days ago. But Javon Kenlaw, a defensive tackle that I think is a second year now, um, has knee surgery and his season is over. So yet another uh, problem on defense being out. Uh, Other note here, too. um, I did not know this, but the last time the Niners have won a game at home, October 20th, 2020. It's been over a year now since the Niners have won just a single home game. Um, I think they're 0-2, 0-3 now on the season. Uh, So, yeah, pretty miserable start there. We'll see if they can get one back next week. This week they play Chicago. And, uh, yeah, after Chicago played, I think I know who I think should win. And finally, our final game we will go through and recap will be New Orleans against Seattle. Now, this was a game I wasn't particularly thrilled to see the final score line because, obviously, I never like to see the Saints win personally. But it was also Geno Smith versus Jameis Winston, which if that lineup doesn't excite you, then you don't love NFL football because this game finished 13-10. to And, oh, boy, I had to give my eyes a quick bleach wash after watching these two quarterbacks go at it because there was only one good play in this whole game. It was an 84-yard touchdown pass from Geno Smith to DK Metcalf where, To be fair, Metcalf did most of the work, but that was the only thing that happened in this game because Metcalf only had one other catch, and it was for pretty much nothing. And Kamara basically just did whatever he wanted, 50 yards on the ground, and actually kind of a not super efficient day. Neither of these teams could rush very well at all in this game. But Kamara exploded in the passing game, 10 receptions for 128 yards and a score. Um, Clearly the player of the game here. But, yeah, this is just a bizarre game. But, yeah, New Orleans had to win this game. They had to win this game. If you're playing against a Seattle team with this injured that looks this bad, you can't choke this game. So New Orleans is a really big road win for them.
1: Yeah, really. And it's kind of surprising that they're still in the hunt after losing Drew Brees, losing a lot of big players, and still having Michael Thomas be out this entire time. They're 4-2, which is something to say about this. But another storyline is the Seahawks after – People thought they were really going to compete with the Cardinals and the Rams to be that top spot in the NFC West, but they, the Russell Wilson injury and just a lot of different, their defensive woes continue. They're, they're on life support at this point. And I think another loss, and loss this week might seal their fate.
0: Yeah, this has been an, I mean, extremely disappointment, sorry, extremely disappointing is an understatement. Um, also, the Bills, Cowboys, Vikings, Steelers, Chargers, and Jags were all on a bye week and a brutal week for fantasy owners. Fortunately, I ended up winning in this week, which I don't know how I did considering how many players I had out. But, um, yeah, pretty tough week for fantasy owners, a lot of players out. But, um, you know, it just it is like that sometimes. But now we can move on to our AFC and NFC players and teams of the week where I got some pretty fun options here. I was going to um, look through – and see who are the best guys that stood out to me. And I'm going to start off with my NFC picks. And I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts as my NFC Player of the Week. Again, like I mentioned before, breaking the all-time record for most receiving yards by a tight end as a rookie in Falcons history with 163, which is an incredibly impressive game. And then my team is going to be the New York Giants, which I never thought I would say that, but I'm only giving it to them, not because I thought Carolina was that good, but simply because after going to watch them play a really bad game against the LA Rams, um, this was the bounce back that they had to have. And again, we know that the NFC East race is usually pretty miserable around this time of year, at least over the last few years. Um, But given they won that game, they're not totally out of it, and the Giants can still play themselves back in a little bit. So this was the one they really needed to get, and a really impressive one at that.
1: Yeah, it was definitely nice to see. But for my player, I'm going to go with, one of my favorite players this year, I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. Another impressive week. I uh, and just continuing to really impress. 10 receptions, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. He's been, he wasn't sure about him or Woods in that wide receiver core for the Rams, but he's really shown up. For my team, I'm going to go with just simple Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 38 to 3. Their defense was. Really impressive, which is not something that you could commonly say about them. They kind of struggled a bit with that lack in secondary, just the incredible amount of injuries that they've been dealing with. But they really showed up. Their offensive offense continued
0: to impress, and they showed up on the defensive side as well. And for my AFC Player of the Week, got to give it to my guy, Ernest Johnson. An incredible story for him out of Cleveland it's simply ridiculous what he was able to do uh, in this very, very impressive win over the Broncos. And I mean, impressive simply because the, this Cleveland team was just so hobbled and for them to be able to come out and get a win like this, especially with a third string back like Johnson was just so impressive. And team of the week, I think is a no brainer with the Tennessee Titans. So being able to absolutely dismantle the chiefs in the way they did. Oh, I think the Bengals could be a good one too. I'll strike that off, but, um, but yeah, Tennessee, I think is a great pick for this simply because it was the big nail in the coffin of the, Oh, you actually kind of suck now to the chiefs uh, chiefs. Still, obviously the season isn't over. I mean, they're only three and four, but um, this was definitely the final game of the, not really much doubt anymore that this chiefs team really isn't that great. So, yeah, it's uh, kind of crazy to say,
1: especially with the players at the oven offense. But I think you're right about that. For player, I'm gonna go with hurts a bit to say, but he's really he really impressed this week. With Mac Mac Jones of the Patriots. I know, yeah, it's a, well, it's it's again, a fine but pick. Really, just you kind of were just, kind of wasn't sure about how he's going to perform. You know, middle first round wasn't coming in was probably like overall the fifth best QB in that draft, but he's 24 for 36, 307. it's two TDs, no interceptions. I think that's important as well, but this is really continuing to perform well in this Patriot system with which we've seen before for team late. Like, well, interesting that how you mentioned it. I was going to go with the Bengals. I think. Yeah. They're leading the leading the ASC. Uh, wasn't sure about this game with the Ravens, like I said before, but they, incredibly impressed they are incredibly fun to watch as well uh cincinnati is they've had their teams in the past but this seems like one of the ones that
0: actually has a chance and now we can move on to our lock of the week and for me there's a lot of games here that you could pick from there's three big games They're all swap. there's three big games i think you can all pick from that i'm really confident about my lock of the week is Bills' money line over the Miami Dolphins. This Miami team's coming in at 1-6. and six. They've looked absolutely horrible all season. Bills are favored by 15 points in this game. They're right back at home again in Orchard Park. They're 4-2. and two. I, If you Remember the first game they played, first time? 35-0. to 0 So, yeah, I am pretty confident in this game. I think they're going to come out and play really well. I'm very excited about how this will go. I'm starting Bills' defense today, too. I think this could be a really solid game for Buffalo.
1: Yeah, I think that was I, I I think that was a good pick. I mean that and also Buffalo at home definitely give them the edge and but their fan base has continue to show up. I was thinking of that one, but I'll I'll uh, go a different route. I think there's a few that we know and there's of the two, it's certainly close. I mean you have probably one of the best teams versus one of the worst but I'm going to go with Bengals jets. It's yeah. There's a few guaranteed locks. I think the other one we know is Rams Texans, but I think this Bengals team is really continuing to impress. And I think it's 10 and a half and I'll take that easy with the Bengals. I think they're going to put it. I can see them putting up plus 20 against them.
0: Yeah. This, this should be a pretty easy night uh, for this team. I'm not particularly concerned about that. Um, as I don't really think anybody should be, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, this should be pretty easy for this team. But that is going to about do it. I'm checking anything else of fantasy, but I should be good for the rest of the day. But uh, (laughs) that is about it. Uh, It is now 1 o'clock as we read this here, uh, and it is going to be a very, very fun time in the nfl this week i can't wait for all the games to come up um it's going to be a fun time for our slate sunday night football looks nice tonight with the cowboys and vikings should be a lot of fun and then of course monday night football giants chiefs which uh, actually could be closer i thought that was going to be one, a really big blowout but now it actually might be a little more closer than we once thought so uh, could be a lot of fun really excited about this week let's see some fun football Let's this has been the it. blanket. This has been the blanket coverage podcast with myself, Jack Wallace, my friend and special guest, Gabe Julian, or I guess off this way. Um, and we thank you all very much for tuning in. This has been the blanket coverage podcast. Peace out, y'all.